Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over my week number one running back start or sit decisions. We're going to be going over every single matchup from Thursday Night Football of week one all the way up until Monday Night Football, and I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the running backs in every single game. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel, channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you would like to subscribe to the Patreon for $7.50 a month, I will have my week one rankings out there shortly. And I answer every single question on there. Link to that in the video description. So without further ado, let's get into my week number one running back start or sit decisions in every single matchup. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. For me, both of the Lions running backs are going to be starts, both Jameer Gibbs as well as David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs is the classic start your studs running back, right? You drafted this guy in either the third or the fourth round of your fantasy football draft, so you're going to have to play him in week number one. Now, it is going to be very interesting to see how this offense looks to utilize Jameer Gibbs in week number one, as well as beyond throughout the season. Now, offensive coordinator of the Lions, Ben Johnson, said that they could use Jameer Gibbs in ways that people don't quite think that they will. To me, that might mean one of two things. For one, they are going to use this guy as a wide receiver, right? He is going to line up out wide with Jamison Williams being suspended and their wide receiver depth being pretty eh. They are going to roll Jameer Gibbs out there as a wide receiver. He's going to get like eight targets in this game, and he is going to absolutely feast on the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Or the other one, both of these, to be honest, with you seem like pretty good scenarios they are going to give Jameer Gibbs more of a workhorse running back role right Jameer Gibbs was initially a guy that I thought would see a decent amount of carries in week number one but maybe he sees way more carries than we previously thought right maybe David Montgomery is more of an insurance plan on Jameer Gibbs instead of being the guy that sees most of the carries so this is going to be a very interesting situation to see how it unfolds in week one I'm definitely going to be rolling out Jameer Gibbs with confidence David Montgomery I'm pretty confident in as well I think if they get to the goal line which should be happening up against the Chiefs right this really could be a back and forth slugfest between Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes so I like David Montgomery's chances to find his way into the end zone so both Jameer Gibbs as well as Montgomery are going to be starts for me in this game for Isaiah Pacheco he's a start but he is one of the bottom of the barrel starts right if Isaiah Pacheco does not find pay dirt he does not score a touchdown then you are probably going to regret starting Isaiah Pacheco. This is another team that I'm very interested to see how the running backs go to approach this kind of a game, right? How much are we going to see Pacheco, McKinnon, and Clyde Edwards-Lair? What is the snap chair going to be looking like? Is Pacheco going to be out there a majority of the time, or are we going to be seeing a lot more Clyde Edwards-Lair and Jarek McKinnon than we initially kind of expected? Now, Pacheco is far from a pass-catching running back, so I don't think we'll see a lot of pass-catching opportunities in this game. The Lions defense is pretty eh, so I I do think Pacheco could score a touchdown, but again, this is a bottom of the barrel start, right? If Pacheco does not score, 
you're probably going to be very disappointed that you ended up starting him for Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They are going to be sits in this matchup. Moving now to the beginning of the Sunday slate, the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. For the Falcons, you are obviously going to be starting Bijan Robinson. Now, I don't think the Carolina Panthers defense is some soft serve cupcake matchup for Bijan Robinson, but ultimately, you drafted this guy in the first fucking round. I fully expect this guy to potentially finish as the running back number one on the season. While these teams are both kind of gross, right? The Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Ultimately, I do expect Bijan Robinson to take the Panthers defense to pound town. For Miles Sanders, I am going to list him as a start. Now, he has been dealing with a groin injury, but my belief based upon everything that I've read is that he should be good to go for this game. Now, if you guys have been listening throughout the offseason, you would know that I'm far from a Miles Sanders guy, and I do definitely worry about the fact that I think Chuba Hubbard might be in for more third downs than people want to believe, right? That Miles Sanders might not be this prolific pass-catching running back that Frank Reich is kind of boosting him up to be. But at the end of the day, in week number one up against the Atlanta Falcons, there are far worse options than Miles Sanders. So assuming he is healthy, I'm going to roll him out. Both of the backup running backs are going to be sits for me. Again, I'm very excited to see Chuba Hubbard in this game. I think that he might end up getting a lot more third down usage than a lot of the Miles Sanders truthers believed but that is to be seen, so he's definitely a sit. Tyler Algier, I also think he's going to get a decent amount of carries just because this Atlanta Falcons offense is so run heavy. America runs on Duncan, and the Falcons run on running the rock, but Algier ultimately just has no ground to stand on, right, when comparing to Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson was drafted so highly in the first round for a reason in the NFL draft, as well as in fantasy football drafts, because the guy is a straight-up beast. Moving to game number three here, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, an AFC North matchup. And you know what they say about AFC North matchups? You can throw the book out the window, right? If this was week five and you got the Bengals against the Browns, the Bengals could be 5-0, and the Browns could be 0-5, and the Browns could lay a smackdown brother on the Cincinnati Bengals because that's just how these AFC North division rivalry matchups go. I have a strange feeling that this game might be a little bit more low scoring than people believe, right? Everyone loves, oh my God, I love Joe Shiesty. I love Joe Burrow. And I do too, right? The Bengals offense on paper is straight up erotic, right? Joe Burrow, Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler, yeah, Boyd, Joe Mixon, right? They have a lot of the pieces, but I think this one might be more of a gross game, right? Where each of these teams are dragging each other into the deep end of the quote-unquote pool, and this ends up being more of a low-scoring affair. At the end of the day, though, I have talked up Nick Chubb, 9-inch Nicholas Chubb up so much this offseason that up against the Bengals' defense, I simply will not sit him. I do think this is going to be more of a run-heavy attack, of a game plan, and I think Nick Chubb is going to have a really solid game. Joe Mixon is a guy that a lot of people started to kind of hate in fantasy football in the redraft process because Joe Mixon has been far from efficient, but ultimately, this is a team that is going to give him so much workload, right? Behind Joe Mixon, guys like Chase Brown that simply just cannot sniff the jockstrap of Joe Mixon, while ultimately Mixon isn't the same running back he was a couple of years ago, I still think he's start-worthy in week nine. Number one, both Chase Brown as well as Jerome Ford, who's got a hamstring but should be back for week one. 
If not, the number two will be, hey, Pierre, you want to come out here? Hey, Pierre Strong, formerly of the New England Deflatriots. Moving now to the next game here, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I have been far from a Travis Etienne truther this entire offseason. I have been someone that has talked up the good word, the good name of Tank Bigsby, right? I really do believe that Travis Etienne is not this great goal line back that Travis Etienne struggled in pass catching opportunities last season and I think Tank Bigsby is going to get more goal line opportunities as well as more pass catching opportunities than the casual fan would believe. Now does that mean that Travis Etienne is guaranteed to bust? No because the Jacksonville Jaguars offense might be so ferocious, they might be dropping deuces on the defense game in and game out, to where even if we're seeing Tank Bigsby get more usage than some would previously believe, Travis Etienne could still have a great season. The Indianapolis Colts is one of the easiest matchups you could get, like cutting a fucking piece of butter with a hot knife. Travis Etienne, again, while I'm not the biggest fan of this guy for the season, this could be a top three performance out of Mr. Travis Etienne. When it comes to Deion Jackson, he should be the starting running back of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the running back, too, would normally be Zach Moss, but it does appear that he's going to be out until at least week number two, potentially until week number three, so Evan Hall will be the number two guy. I expect the Indianapolis Colts to get suffocated in this matchup, but would it shock me at all if Anthony Richardson dumped the rock off in his first ever NFL start five or six times to Deion Jackson, it would not surprise me one bit. Is he an ideal starter for week number one? Fuck no, baby. But could he end up falling ass backwards into eight targets, six receptions, and maybe he gets a carry inside the goal line or busts one loose and scores a touchdown and ends up somehow as a top 15-ish back? It really wouldn't surprise me. Again, am I going to go out of limb and say that you need to start Deion Jackson? Of course not, but I do think there is reason to believe that he could have a good game. I mean, this isn't the Saxonville Jaguars of yesteryears, right? This Jaguars defense is pretty mid. So again, while I am scared shitless to start Anthony Richardson in his first ever start, I do think Deion Jackson could get it done. We have seen him play quite well in the past for the Colts. Moving next to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the cold like Minnesota Vikings. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting running back is Rashad White, and I am going to be starting him in this game, despite the fact I did kind of roll Rashad White through the mud all offseason, right? I have been someone that does not believe that Rashad with two A's white is the legitimate workhorse back in this offense, right? I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Sean Tucker as well as the other amalgamation of running backs that the Buccaneers have behind Rashad White. There has been a decent amount recently of hype for Sean Tucker and these other backs. Now, again, this is week one up against the Vikings. I know there's a lot of positivity for the Vikings defense, right? They bring in Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator, and they trim some of the fat on the defense. But in week number one, do you really expect the Vikings defense to make a full 180 from last season, right? This was a defense that was getting bent over the fucking table, game in and game out. So even if I am far from a Rashad with two A's white guy this season, this is a tremendous 
Chef's Kiss, Manu Freak matchup up against the Vikings. Hopefully, the boy Baker Mayfield is dumping the rock off a bunch to Rashad White so we could see him have a great game. I have seen a lot of people be very, very nervous, right? Being very, very quiet like a fucking mouse trying to sneak through a house when talking about Alexander Madison. There are a lot of non-believers about Alexander Madison, right? This guy's a career backup. He's not as good as Dalvin Cook. This, that, and the other thing. Well, guess what? He doesn't have to be as good as Dalvin Cook. He doesn't have to be to get a majority of the touches in a backfield where the RB number two is Ty Chandler. I think in week number one, Madison is going to be the guy. Now, have we seen Madison be a workhorse running back, be the head honcho, the head of the table Roman Reigns on a very long sample size throughout the season? Of course not because Dalvin Cook has been healthy. But when Alexander Madison takes the reins like Santa Claus flying through the fucking sky on Christmas, Alexander Madison has been very successful. We do know that Kirk Cousins does like checking the rock down. The Buccaneers are far from the Buccaneers team a couple of years ago that hoisted the Lombardi Trophy up against the Chiefs. I mean, the quarterback itself, going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, is like going from Louis Vuitton to shopping at the fucking Gap. So Alexander Madison is going to have a decent game. I know a lot of people are nervous to start him, but I think he has a better game, definitely, than Rashad White. Would definitely have Madison over Rashad White. Ty Chandler's a sit, as is Sean Tucker, the fucker. Moving next to the Le Dykdons at the New Orleans Saints. If you guys have ended up enjoying the video this far, please make sure you hit that like button down below as well as hit that subscribe button. It would help me out a ton. So Derrick Henry has had a lot of detractors this offseason. There's a lot of people that are trying to hop off the Derrick Henry, the Tractor Cito bandwagon. Now, I know that for years, I have been someone that has been incredibly cautious when it came to drafting Derrick Henry, right? Because Derrick Henry Henry's been getting older, just like every other fucking player in the NFL. But he's got a lot of tread on the tires, and people will talk about how his yards per carry number has dipped greatly over the last couple of seasons. But at the end of the day, when you're a running back getting as many touches as Tractor Cito does game in and game out, you don't need to have the highest yards per carry number to be successful if you're potentially seeing 20-plus carries in any given matchup. I think a lot of people are highly underrating the Titans offense. Now, do I expect the Titans to be some 10-win team to compete in their division with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Fuck no, baby. But could they end up winning six, seven games? Maybe. I definitely think so. I think the addition of DeAndre Hopkins definitely lessens the amount of people that they are going to stuff in the box up against Derrick Henry on the goal line. I think Derrick Henry has top five upside this week up against the New Orleans Saints defense, but I will be a little bit cautious with him in terms of saying he's like a lock to be top five or top eight because I don't think the Saints are a pushover matchup. Jamal Williams is a 100% all steam ahead game player here. I love Jamal Williams up against the Titans defense. There is guaranteed to be no Alvin Kamara in this game because the boy is suspended for the first three games of the season. Match that with the fact that it seems like Kendra Miller is going to be a no-go. Dikembe, no, 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 for week number one. Kendra Miller, in my opinion, won't play due to a recent hamstring injury. These hamstring injuries 
are screwing a lot of people for fantasy football, right? Previously, I was a big Kendra Miller truther. I thought Kendra Miller would see a decent amount of work in this offense in week number one, even as a rookie, up against the Titans. But now it would appear the running back number two is fucking Kermit the Frog, Kirk Merritt. Kirk Merritt. Who the fuck is that guy? So Jamal Williams is in a really good spot to pop off, have a good first couple of games of the season. The Saints have one of the easiest schedules I have ever laid my eyes upon. So, good for the Saints. Jamal Williams, the touchdown god himself, should have a very solid outing up against the Le Titans. Am I going to tout him as a top 12 guy in my rankings? No, but I do think he certainly has that upside. Moving next to game number seven here, the 49ers going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Christian McCaffrey is a no-brainer start every single fucking week. I don't care what the reporters are talking about, how, oh my God, Elijah Mitchell's going to be seeing more touches. They're going to look to lessen Christian McCaffrey's workload. Well, the only load I see occurring in this game is Christian McCaffrey blowing his whole entire fucking load over the Pittsburgh Steelers defense's face. I get it. The Steelers have a pretty good defense. But something that will get you feeling a little bit foolish in the past was trying to downgrade McCaffrey in games up against good defenses. McCaffrey is just on a whole nother level compared to a lot of these running backs in the NFL. I don't give a shit if McCaffrey's going up against the 85 Bears. I will start him with supreme confidence. I am interested to see something to watch. Definitely would be the workload that Elijah Mitchell sees in this matchup, but I still think when push comes to shove, if this is a close game, McCaffrey will be used throughout the whole game, right? Game on the line, McCaffrey's going to be in there in the fourth quarter. Now, if they are blowing the back out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe we do see McCaffrey's workload dip later into the game. But again, if you assume that the 49ers are pile-driving a team, McCaffrey probably has a great game already. So even if he's riding the pine a lot in the fourth quarter up against the Steelers. He probably still ends up smashing. Najee Harris is a start, but it does feel kind of gross if I'm being honest with you. Najee Harris is one of the running backs that across the fantasy football offseason, I just really haven't been drafting. Like, I just didn't like that Najee Harris doesn't look to me as good as Jalen Warren. Now, in terms of what Mike Tomlin and offensive coordinator Matt Canada think it's like that meme of the kid on the bus where he's like, she is very gorgeous to me, right? Najee Harris might not look as good as Jalen Warren, but to Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, he is very gorgeous to them, right? They'll probably still end up rolling out Najee Harris like he is fucking prime Le'Veon Bell as the lead back on the team. Not a great matchup up against the Niners, in my opinion, Najee should still have a decent game, though. Again, it is hard to call a guy like Najee Harris a sit because, again, am I a huge believer that Najee Harris is this amazing running back? No, but we do know that Mike Tomlin just has this tendency to go with a workhorse running back. And prior to last season, Najee Harris did really look good. I think maybe that injury played a big part of things. Again, we're to see what happens with Elijah Mitchell. I don't think even if they do actually reduce McCaffrey's workload that Mitchell will ever be start worthy unless McCaffrey gets hurt knock on wood obviously you could start him and maybe he lucks his way into the end zone but 
In terms of projections, he's not going to project well every single week. And I think that the same thing's going to end up happening with Jalen Warren, even though I do feel very strongly that Jalen Warren is the better back than Najee Harris. Moving now to the Arizona Cardinals at the left. Hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. This game is going to be a spit roasting section or session that we get to watch live on television, not even live on pay-per-view. You can watch that bitch for free on television. This is going to be a fucking massacre. The Washington Commanders and Sam Howell are going to go 12 inches deep into the Cardinals defense. The Cardinals are doing a fire sale. They're trading everyone away. This is a no bueno situation for the Arizona Cardinals. It seems like they're going to be starting Clayton Looney Tunes as their starting quarterback, Clayton Toon. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? If I was a Cardinals fan, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be ferocious like a beast. But Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, both going to be starts here. The Cardinals defense is soft as baby shit. So I like both Robinson as well as Gibson. Now, if I had both of them, which I definitely don't think you should have drafted both of them on the same team, but if you had to, you know, push comes to shove, I'd probably go with B-Rob. You definitely are going to be getting a lot more guaranteed touches with Brian Robinson. I hope that Antonio Gibson is used in a stronger role here, catching a bunch of passes for the commanders in this Eric Bieniemy system. This is a great matchup for him to do it. Do I have either of these guys ranked crazy high in my rankings? The answer would be no, but would I be surprised if either of these guys had a great game up against a garbage Cardinals team? The answer to that one would be no, right? This is a very easy matchup. James Conner is going to be a start. The commander's defense, I think, is going to have a field day in this one. But just looking back at the stats, with and without, with versus without Kyler Murray, James Conner has literally looked like one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Prime fucking Barry Sanders without Kyler Murray. This offense just relies so heavily on him. Now, will that change with a new head coach in Gannon? Maybe, maybe not. But when you're just looking at the receiver core and just the team as a whole, Connor's probably the best weapon out there outside of Hollywood Brown. Clayton Toon is going to be pressured at a high rate, so they're probably going to just dump the ball off a bunch to James Connor. Though I feel very confident in James Connor, the answer would be no, but as someone who looks at stats and follows trends of prior years, James Conner should probably have a really solid game here, even if this game reeks for them. Keontae Ingram, James Conner's backup, is going to be a sit. It feels gross to start James Conner. I'm definitely not going to be starting his backup. Moving next to the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Back-to-back games where this might end up being a straight-up murder on the gridiron. If you guys have ended up enjoying this far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, there has been a lot of talk about how maybe this guy's knee is a little bit more inflamed than people thought, and they keep having to reduce the swelling, and maybe he's not as good to go as people previously thought. Now, while that might be a worry, six weeks into the season... Week number one, he's going to be ready to go. And he's going up against the Texans. Now, I don't think we should sleep on the Texans defense because I think they're pretty underrated. But even with that said, right, this is going to be a demolishment of the establishment of the Texans defense. I like J.K. Dobbins a ton in this spot. 
The Ravens' defense isn't really all that good, but they're great for fantasy because they're going up against C.J. Stroud and the Texans' offense. Damian Pierce is a guy that is a workhorse running back that was going in the fourth or fifth round of fantasy football drafts. It really does seem like they want to use this guy as a three-down back, which should lead to a lot more pass-catching opportunities than we saw last season for Damian Pierce. I don't expect really the biggest game ever out of him here up against the Ravens' D, but he definitely is start-worthy. I definitely like him better than guys like Rashad White. He's a middle-of-the-pack guy this week. You guys will see later in the week as we get even deeper into things and we talk about my running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end rankings later today. You're going to be getting my wide receiver, starter, sit decisions, tomorrow, quarterback, and tight end. And then Thursday... Thursday Night Football, you guys are going to be hearing a live stream from me as well as a video before that talking about these start-sit decisions. Devin Singletary is straight up dog shit, okay? Now, I try not to shit on these NFL players because when push comes to shove, right, Devin Singletary is a better running back than me, and he's a better running back than a lot of people on earth, right? He made it to the NFL, and he's played for a couple of years, so big ups to Singletary, right? But at the end of the day, he is nowhere near the stratosphere of Pierce. The guy can't catch passes. Unless there's an injury to Pierce, knock on wood, I just don't see how Devin Singletary sees a lot of playing time. Gus Bus Edwards is a favorite handcuff of mine because it really does always feel like everyone talks up the lead back for the Ravens. And then Gus Edwards is working in a little bit more than people would want if they had Dobbins, for instance. But you would be a bit of a crazy person to want to start Gus Edwards in week number one. Moving next to a rivalry matchup, the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. But before we break down this illustrious matchup of Jordan, love me tender, love me sweet, versus Justin Fields, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, I know that you guys have already drafted your fantasy football teams in a lot of scenarios, right? Why else would you be watching a running back starter sit video? But you can still draft on underdog fantasy right now underdog fantasy is a best ball platform if you don't know what best ball is it's the best part about fantasy football it's the draft and that's it there's no waivers no trades and no in-season management at the end of every single week underdog automatically puts the highest scores into your lineup for you they just released yesterday the puppy four $5 to enter, $25,000 to first place, and $250,000 in total prizes. If you want to check that out, please make sure if you're a first-time depositor, use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description for a first-match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit $100, they give you an additional $150, additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on there is $10. Make sure you guys do check that out. Link in the video description. So back to the Packers versus the Chicago, Chicago Bears. In this one, I am pretty confident when it comes to Aaron Jones. Now, I know a lot of people are down on Aaron Jones this year, mainly because it seems like everyone is too scared to draft Packers with Jordan Love, right? Everyone thinks that Jordan Love is going to, for some reason, be a complete and utter schlub. Now, do I expect him to live up to the Aaron Rodgers, the Brett Favre that they have had, right? These elite of the elite quarterback, these upper echelon, not necessarily Mount Rushmore with Brett Favre, right? But some of the best quarterbacks to ever grace the fucking NFL? Do I think Jordan Love is going to be that? Probably not. But could he be the 18th or 20th best quarterback in the NFL? To me, 
I think so. Typically, these younger quarterbacks look to check down the ball a little bit more, which would be a huge bonus for Aaron Jones. I know a lot of people are scared of Aaron Jones as well because of A.J. Dillon, but A.J. Dillon doesn't prove any threat in the pass catching upside of Aaron Jones. I think this could be a sneaky, higher scoring game. And I like the upside of Aaron Jones, right? This is a guy that any given week could score two or three touchdowns and throw on the sombrero on the sideline and hit the salsa like he's Victor Cruz. Cole Herbert, to me, is the RB1 on the team. I do like the Packers defense, though, on paper. Ultimately, I do think that Herbert is the guy. Am I screaming to the mountaintops that he's a must-start in week number one? Of course not, but I do think if you did go wide receiver heavy early on, you snagged a quarterback, snagged a tight end, and maybe this guy ends up as your RB2 on the week in a zero running back-ish build or a hero running back build, I don't think that he's all that bad of an option. I'm a huge fan of Roshan Johnson, but I do still believe that Herbert is the guy. And then AJ Dillon, again, this is just one of the more frustrating guys to play in fantasy football. If he somehow falls ass backwards into the end zone with his insane quads you're going to be happy but if not it's pretty pretty much going to be the Aaron Jones show next up we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos Josh Jacobs is a no-brainer start right this was a guy that a lot of people were scared to draft right oh my god is Josh Jacobs gonna sign back with the Raiders or is he gonna hold out People thought he was going to hold out. I was saying for months, this motherfucker is not holding out. He's going to get his money and he's going to play. Is he going to be a Raider next year? Probably not, but he's going to get his bag and he's going to play. And that's exactly what happens. You remember Josh Jacobs last year against the Denver Broncos? Now, do I expect the Broncos to be a flaming pile of dog shit like they were last season? Probably not, but I still think Josh Jacobs is going to have a great game. You draft him in the second round. This is a guy that probably should have been a first-rounder in fantasy football draft, so he's a no-brainer start for me. Zamir White is his backup. Don't really think he sees the field too much. For the Broncos, this is a waited-out game. This is, uh, you drafted Javante, you saw him catch some balls in preseason, but how much workload are they going to give him? Now, you might say, Nick, I'm willing to chance Javante or Samaj P. Ryan because the matchup against the Raiders is so delicious. My rebuttal to that would be that I get it, right? If I had to start one, it would be Williams, but I just think that Williams is going to be on a reduced workload early on. I don't really think they're going to go balls deep in with Javante Williams week one. I think they're going to use the, what I talk about a lot, the just the tip technique, right? Just ease it in there, right? Just the tip of Javante Williams. And we see a little bit more Samaj P. Ryan. We'll see what happens week one. We'll see what head coach Sean Payton says going forward. But right now, my allegiance to either of these guys would lean with Javante Williams. I still liked him in drafts. But when I told you guys to draft him, I acknowledged that the first couple weeks of the season, he's probably going to be riding the pine for me. Moving next to the Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots, Ramondre is a no-brainer start for me. A lot of people are scared from Ezekiel Elliott because he's going to be vulturing touchdowns. While that could be the case, and it might even show its ugly face in week number one and Zeke crawls his way on into the end zone once where Ramondre should have scored. At the end of the day, Ramondre only scored like six touchdowns last season, right? Even if Zeke scores a couple of touchdowns, it's not really going to impact Ramondre that much. Ramondre is the better pass catcher and he's the better inside the tackles runner. The Eagles matchup definitely isn't the greatest on paper, but we know that the Patriots offense is going to heavily rely on Ramondre Stevenson to move the rock. Am I just absolutely erect under the desk when I throw Ramondre Stevenson into my lineup? No, but again, he's a stud. You're gonna start him. DeAndre Swift, Rashad with two A's, Penny, as well as Kenneth 
Gainwell are all sits. Another scenario, just like the Denver Broncos, I want to see it. Before I throw these guys to the Wolves, the Patriots' defensive matchup is tough as well. Let's see what happens. Is all the reports about Kenny Gainwell being more involved true? Is DeAndre Swift the guy, or is it Swift, Penny, and Gainwell? I could see this backfield playing out. It's week 10. All three are healthy, and you're just, like, closing your eyes, throwing one of them into your lineup, just praying to the football gods that they end up being the guy that week because every other week it's a different guy that really does feel like the scenario. That's going to play out with the Eagles, which is good for the Eagles' actual team because they have a three-headed monster backfield of three backs, but for fantasy, it is disgusting. Moving next to my Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, sadly, Jeff Wilson has been put on the IR, probably going to be missing at least, obviously missing the at least four first four games of the season. And based upon what Mike McDaniel is saying, maybe even like five, six, seven, eight, nine, week 10, right? He might come back that late. Great news though for Raheem the Dream Mostert, the Chargers defense, not great against the run. Not great against the run. Mostert should be the lead back. A-chain coming into the week banged up. I think he should play. But is he going to be seeing a crazy workload? No, I think it's more likely that Salvin Ahmed, their RB number three, ends up seeing more workload than A-chain. Mostert, the veteran presence in the backfield, could catch some passes as well. He's not going to go out there and be like McCaffrey or Eckler, who's in the same game, catch like fucking eight balls in the game, but could get some work. And I expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game, if I'm being honest with you. So that should be great for Raheem. Eckler, obviously, close your eyes. Stevie Wonder, throw him directly into the lineup. I think the Dolphins' defense is going to be a lot better this season under Vic Fangio. And that is my prayer as a Dolphins fan, hoping that that does end up happening. But we're obviously starting Eckler. This guy was the RB number one last season. This guy is one of the top running backs in the NFL. Elite pass-catching prowess. Great running in between outside of the tackles. Should be a solid game for Mr. Eckler. Devin, two chains, as well as Salvin Ahmed are going to be sits for me. Joshua Kelly is a sit as well. Like, you're never sitting, or you're never starting Kelly if Mr. Eckler is healthy. Moving now to the other LA game, the LA Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Cam Akers is a guy that I've actually been touting a decent amount this offseason. I don't fear Cam Akers as much as most, but Cooper Cup probably not being that right i think if cooper cup was the play that would be just shocking right when you have to go ahead and bring a guy from the la rams to fucking minnesota to get his injury checked out that doesn't seem good to me seems like he's gonna miss at least week one probably the first couple of weeks on the season maybe can even get thrown onto the ir that is bad news for acres right cooper cup being there was a big reason why i liked acres because he would be able to take away so much of the defensive presence that acres would be able to run free free bird right but acres looked good last year without cup acres looked like shit at the beginning of the season looked strong towards the end of the season which version acres are we going to see Hopefully the end of last season. Kyron Williams should be catching some passes. Probably going to work in on third down. Seahawks defense, pretty decent. I don't expect a strong game out of Akers, but I definitely wouldn't hesitate to start him. Kenneth Walker, this is a guy that I have been as down as it gets on him all offseason. I've been talking about how it's Zach Charbonnet season, that as we get deeper and deeper into the season, Zach Charbonnet would fucking like Chucky pull up on his little uh, bicycle, 
and start taking that role away from Walker, right? Taking away the pass-catching upside, taking away some goal line work, right? And then Zach Charbonnet could end up fucking passing by Kenneth Walker and become the lead back, right? These are two guys that were drafted in the second round of the NFL draft. Walker in 2022, Charbonnet in 2023. But it's week one. It's week one. I expect Pete Carroll to run with his guy. This is not the Rams defense of the last couple of years. We could see a really huge game out of Walker. As a Charbonnet truther, I am hoping that we see a lot of Charbonnet in this game. But again, it is week one, and we should be seeing Walker put up a decent performance. So Charbonnet is a sit. I do think, though, a couple weeks into the season, we are going to be seeing enough Charbonnet to where in deeper leagues he is start-worthy. Kyron Williams is definitely a sit for me, moving now to Sunday night football, because you waited all day for Sunday night. The Dallas Cowboys at the New York Football Giants. Pollard versus Barkley. These are two running backs that could legitimately be the RB1 and the RB2 at the end of the week. I get. Cowboys are a good defense. The Giants defense isn't something to scoff over either. These are two of the best backs in fantasy football. You would be absolutely insane to sit either of them. I'm interested to see how much Deuce Vaughn works in, as well as these other running backs on the Cowboys, because Tony Pollard doesn't have the build of this prolific workhorse running back, like a guy like Saquon or Nick Chubb, one of those bigger boys, right? But... Tony Pollard, despite not being a big boy, right, being on the shorter side, still think Tony Pollard has a day up against the Giants. Saquon, again, both of them, you are starting them. I don't need to get down on my knees and give either of these guys the gawk gawk 9,000. For you know to start them, for, for, for you know to start them, for you to know to start them, Deuce Vaughn, little guy, the guy who needs a nice uh, fucking step stool to go brush his teeth in the morning. That did not look like brushing your teeth, if you get what I mean. And then Matt Bria, the backup for the for Saquon. You're sitting him. Moving now to the final game, staying in New York, in Gotham, the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jumbo Jets. I went from a James Cook fader, a James Cook hater, to standing on top of the mountain and screaming that James Cook isn't that guy, pal. Everyone's talking up James Cook. Everyone's riding this guy's metaphorical cock, and they're talking about how James Cook is this and that on this offense. I have done a full 180. I have been talking up James Cook. I don't even know if Damian Harris is going to play. There hasn't been a lot of reporting on Harris. If he's not good to go with the knee injury, then Latavius Murray's the RB2. James Cook's going to be getting pass-catching opportunities. He's going to be rushing the rock. He looked good in preseason. Josh Allen has sung the praises of James Cook. Don't take that a little bit. Grain of salt, right? Of course, Josh Allen's going to love his running back, number one. But Cook is now the running back one, right? Singletary gone in Houston. They're going to be seeing a lot more James Cook compared to last season. I do worry about Josh Allen not dumping the ball off a lot and then trying to throw a lot in the red zone or just Josh vulturing the touchdown, running it in himself. But we got the Cook brother bowl and you better fucking believe I'm starting James Cook in that. Brees Hall is a sit for me. Same exact thing with Javante Williams. I think they are going to ease Brees Hall in. I think Brees Hall is going to get eased in even more than Javante Williams. Like, you know what we talked about? Just the tip. Brees Hall might not even get the whole fucking tip in, right? He might just be getting the little cock hole in there, right? Dalvin Cook got paid $8.5, I believe, million dollars. He didn't pay him for no reason. 
They're going to use him to me as the lead back in week number one. Is this a supreme matchup against the Bills? Of course not. But could Dalvin Cook run free? Have a top five performance? I think so. Should he be ranked that high? Of course not, because there is the off chance that they do use Brees Hall more than I believe, and I end up looking like a fucking idiot. But looking like a fool, a fool in love with you. All right? But I like... Dalvin Cook here. I'm worried to start Brees Hall, so I'm sitting Brees Hall down. I'm starting Dalvin Cook, and then I'm sitting Damian Harris, obviously, because it's James Cook season, babies. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. Make sure you guys check out Underdog Fantasy. Link in the video description. Love you all. Hope you have a great one. Hit that subscribe button. Click on one of the videos on your screen. And again, Wide receiver starts it coming to your head top later. Love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good.